Welcome to Engaging the Old World, a podcast where we take God very seriously, but not ourselves. John Castro, he's from Costa Rica. I'm Tom Krause. I'm not. We're glad you're with us. Get ready to engage your world. So we are uh, in Conway. Yes. On the road. On the road again. On the road again. Well, first time. Though. Just can't. Okay, on the road first time. for the first time. Yeah, there you go. This uh, is Gage World where we take God seriously, not ourselves. Yes. And uh, we have been asking people for um, topics that they want us to talk about. And today we have, uh, we've picked one and it's... Uh, we'll pick one and combine Yeah, another. we're going to pick one. It's going to it's gonna take us to a couple different places. So give us that... Yeah, so a a brother said, um, please talk about uh, the preaching within the context of the word. And coming from a background where he has not heard a lot of that, and he's been in a background where in his church there was nothing but uh, everything else but the word. So the idea of preaching. Yes. Preaching. So so, so when it comes to preaching, there's different types of preaching that that you will find. Um, And... Depending on part of the country you're in, you'll find probably more or less of certain types of preaching. But uh, there's topical, where people will uh, take a subject, say marriage, money, something like that, and they'll do a topical series. Um, not necessarily wrong to do, but but um, I would not want a steady diet of topical preaching yeah. because it's it's easy to go off the rails. It's easy for it to become your own kind of hobby horse. It's easy um, for it to be yeah. your own deal. And, and I'm, I'm biblical. I really? wouldn't say it should be the norm of, no, the, of the regular no. church to be preaching like that. It can be pulled off, but there's so many factors that would influence for it to become however the pastor woke up that morning or whoever ticked them off, and that's what the topic is. Yeah, which is always somebody, unfortunate. You know, unfortunate. Yeah, I mean, yeah. like I, I always say, I'm not a good enough preacher to preach topic. They can just not. Um, so how I, the, the, best, the best way to preach is, and, and like the listener, um, who I'm sure, you know, attends church, um, or should. Yeah, should or should yeah um, is preaching within the context of scripture so the way the best way to I mean you can you can preach topically within the context of scripture but it's dangerous and not always the best yeah um, the best way to preach I would is is what we call expositional preaching verse by verse mm-hmm. uh, going through books of the Bible and um, which is yeah. how I preach and that's what we've been doing at Cornerstone for the past, is it two years now? <clears throat> yeah, I've been at Cornerstone for two years, and, and then, you know, 21 years pastoring a church in Massachusetts. Now, um, when I first started pastoring, um, my, well, when I first, my first senior pastor position, I was 30, and I didn't preach expositionally. Mm-hmm. Initially, I did preach topically. And I know myself, uh, after a couple of years, I started preaching expositionally, and my theology got straightened out. Um, and... When I preach through books and I come across passages I preach topically, I was embarrassed by how bad of a job I did with the topical, mm-hmm. just grabbing a verse. Right. And, and because you, you, it's like anything. If you look at, um, say, if you're preaching uh, a letter Paul wrote, well, you would, if, you, if someone sent you a letter or an email, um, you wouldn't take just one line of it and, and make a dissertation on that one line. Mm. There's a reason someone wrote it. There's a, yeah. there's a the point they're trying to make. Um, and it's the same thing with the Bible. You know, there's a, books have um, scriptures inspired by God, but there's reasons for each book. There's a subject matter. There's right. a point, and uh, there's also a historical context. Yes. Um, 
and that's when, when was meetings, already... you're encouraged to go yeah. first from the hole and then get smaller and smaller right. into what you're going to get into. Yeah, hermeneutics, which means interpreting scripture and handling scripture and, and how, how to do that. Um, you've got to start with who's the author, mm-hmm. humanly speaking. We know God's the author, but who wrote it? Who did God use to write it? Um, <clears throat> who's he writing to? Mm-hmm. That matters. Is he writing to the church? Is he writing to... Uh, specific church, uh, like uh, for example, Paul writes to the church at Corinth, mm. and there's some things he says to the church at Corinth that you wouldn't take for the church everywhere. Right. Um, Peter some writes cultural aspects about yeah. the church of Corinth. Yeah, like head coverings and things that yeah. there were cultural specific things for that church that, that don't have that application mm-hmm. uh, broadly. Peter writes to the church scattered. Right. Um, so you know, I mean, Luke writes uh, Acts, and and so it's it's. You find out who's writing, uh, who are they writing to, um, when was it written? And now, the fact that they're, you know, talking to somebody specifically does not mean that they're not talking to you, because all scriptures right. got breathed. Yeah. How, and, you know, how can God talk to us based on what the message for them, you know, was back in the time and what principles, you know, we were getting out of that. And that's actually a huge work that is done by the, you know, by the preacher every Sunday when he goes to church. But um, expositionally is, you know... Before you move on, so so to that point, so it's it's who wrote it, who they're writing to, when was it written, um, that's the context. And so... The only way to truly understand and, and, and get the meaning today, I have to understand then. Mm-hmm. So I can't understand, right. to your point, I can't bridge that to today if I don't know what it meant exactly. then. Who, yeah. What's the point yeah. then? Who are you writing to? You Why are you writing there. Yeah. If I don't understand that, I'm going to make a mistake. Yeah. So I've got to get that, and then how does that apply today? Yeah. And it will apply today. Yeah. Um, but there's some things that, that are specific to a church, yeah. like head coverings in Corinth, um, and, and the issues going on with the women there and, and, and the craziness of it um, that we know are cultural. The text tells us it's cultural, at least that, that portion of it. So we know not to say, mm-hmm. um, and this is a beauty of this is a good example, the beauty of expositional preaching. So topically, I, I could pull out the head covering passage in, Corinth, in uh, Corinthians, and if I was preaching topically, I could make the mistake of saying, therefore, uh, women must have their head covered in mm. church. And some people do that. Right. Now, if a woman wants to do that because it's her personal conviction, that's fine. But it shouldn't be a decree from the pastor. No, that's what it's called microwaving uh, hermeneutics. Microwaving. <laughs> take yeah. it out and... Yeah, buffet style. Yeah. Right. And so so the danger of topical preaching is to take that and say, this is for the church. If I'm preaching verse by verse through a book, I understand the context. I understand mm. the culture. I understand that's yes. not for everybody. Yes. It's one of those things that's for the church there. So, And that's, and that's what you're trying to do diligently. You try to see what the text means, and you're not trying to put the meaning into the text, which so, is another huge... Exegesis is a fancy right, word, exactly. which means you take... You're finding out what the meaning and is. And that's all the you're work bringing, you do. You're, you're bringing that out. You're digging to bring that out. Eisegesis, another word that means I'm taking my presuppositions and I'm putting them into the text. Into the text, which is done a lot of times. And even there's a danger in topical preaching where, where people do that for the sake of trying to prove a point of yeah. their own yeah. that is not from the Word. And so actually, expositionally, probably a short definition would be about preaching expositionally is making the point of the passage the point of the sermon. Yeah, you know, it's, it's what is what is the text mean? You know, it's not next, complicated. It, you know, what is what does the text mean? <clears throat> but that also takes work. You know, you've, right. you've got to spend the time um, in preparation and study. You've got to spend the time, yeah. you know, historically. The nice thing about it, so so 
you know, I'm preaching through the Gospel of John, have <clears throat> been for the last year and a half. And once you start a book, all that work is done initially. So you yes. deal with that right away. Who wrote it? Yeah. What's the audience? When was it written? What's the context? And you um, have that in mind as you go yeah, through Yeah, and you've done that. So yeah. I don't have to do that every week. But I also know that's the foundation of where we're right. jumping off from. And, and so the, John in the Gospel of John is different than John in Revelation right. on the Isle of Patmos, right. you know, 90 AD. Those are different the same situation. John, two different contexts, yeah. two different things going on there. Um, so, so you do that work. And, and the other nice thing about expositionally is, so you're always working on it. So, so you're working verse by verse, but you're dealing with a, a number of verses, uh, depending on the week and, and the passage, but you're always working ahead. Yes. So like I'll think going in, well, maybe I'm going to do John 14, 1 to 6. And then I realize it's just going to be 1 to 3 this week. It'll be mm. 4 to 6 next week. Mm. But but so you already got that work right. done, and that helps you. you know, yeah. that, that helps you as opposed to, <clears throat> you know, topical preaching is just... Um, so we want to be God-centered, right? We want, we want a church to be God-centered. We want to be God-centered in our life, and, and we want it to be about the glory of God. And topical preaching can very easily become man-centered. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and I never want someone to think in church, another blessing of expositionally, is I never want someone to th- think in church, you're preaching about me yeah. because you know something about me. Yeah. And if you do topical preaching, that's a danger. That's a danger. If you do expositional preaching... It can never be you're true. Submitted, the thing is that you're submitted to the Word of God. You're submitted yeah. to the Word, and you're going through the Word. And this is the beauty about expositionally. Um, a lot of people say, well, when do you get to talk about this and that? Free. When do you talk, talk about money? When do you get to talk about marriage? But the beauty about uh, preaching through the books of the Bible is that you will get to a, such a variety of topics. It's, it's all there. And so nobody, can, nobody can ever say... If, if someone feels like that message hit them and was for them, well, that's clearly God if yeah. you're preaching expositionally. Yeah. Because I, I remember being in a church situation years ago where um, there, was, there was a church issue, and the next passage I was going to preach was so directly mm. relevant to what was going on that I actually had a family come to me and ask me not to preach it oh, wow. and said, it wouldn't be loving. Mm-hmm. And that if I did preach it, they were going to leave. And so I said, well... Basically, we should say goodbye because you know it's the next verse. Right. And and right. I didn't know. I didn't know six months before when I started this. Exactly. You were going to land. But God did. But yeah. God did. And 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 I found that God typically does use that expositional preaching, dealing with issues in the church and people in the mm-hmm. church, and 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 it's and it's a protection for the pastor because no yeah. one can accuse you of that. Exactly. You say I, you're you know, submitted to the word. We're in John 14, and yeah. I've been there a year and a half, and yeah. I didn't plan 15 months ago to hit you this, right. you know, this and it's abusive. It's, yeah. if, if you're a pastor who preaches about people or at people, mm-hmm. that's abusive. You know, Controlling, yeah. It's just it's course, an abuse yeah. of the pulpit. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. it's important It's important to, to preach within context of Scripture. And uh, I believe you should be looking for churches to preach verse by verse yeah. through books of the Bible. Not that you can't do a, an occasional topical. Um, I have over the years. I mean, it's been a while since so I've done one, but mm. I just like preaching through books. You know, I just, it's it's... Not good enough to preach top. Now, now, having said that, you can preach expositionally, topically. You can do topical mm-hmm. preaching expositionally. You mm-hmm. can do that. So it's not like, oh my gosh, my pastor's doing a sermon or a series on money. That's unbiblical. Right. No, that's not right. true. You can take a topic and expositionally preach it. Preach it. You got to be. It's just you got to be careful, and you got to mm-hmm. be. You know, it's it's again making sure you're doing the right thing. So you got to set it up and and and. But it can be done. Yeah, and it, it but as a rule, I wouldn't. 
it takes work to do to get to do that because actually usually in a topical sermon you have to pick a verse from here and there but you got to remember where they're at again within the context of scripture if yeah. you want to prove a, a point that it that would be you know um Unique to to whatever your point is within the sermon, you got to be able to to dig in through those verses and make sure that you're not actually doing the exegesis work that you were talking about, yeah. just to prove a point about. We want to ex- what the we want exegesis, not exegesis, right? Because we're talking about holy exactly. Jesus. <laughs> I like that. Exegesis, not exegesis, because we're talking about holy Jesus. Tom Cross, or Tom whoever you hear it from. Ah, that was mine. That was mine. <laughs> nice. I yeah. give you the credit. Thank you. That. Thank you. So, so with that, let's talk about music because I, I yeah. think I, 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 the same principles apply to music. Mm-hmm. So you're, you're, um, you lead music. You're the head of our music uh, uh, department at our church, our worship leader. And the same as pastor of the church, what I would want is the same emphasis on the glory of God. Mm-hmm. And we want to be having God-centered music, not man-centered music, mm-hmm. right? So, so talk about... Uh, from a music standpoint, what you go through, and philosophically, where you, yeah, um, I think like I would do with preaching. Yeah, well, something important that I would remember too is that there is a danger to think that the music part of a, the liturgy of, of a sermon is completely another service, totally different to the preaching time. And sometimes the worship time, sometimes I would see it in churches considered to be, you know, its own little service mm-hmm. uh, because of the way that. Maybe the worship leader is, 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 is taking people into and, and the topics they're going to be talking about and the way that he would lead the people into saying things and so on and so forth. And then the pastor would have to bring back whatever he does to whereas I see the worship just as an aid. Um, and to, defining worship, so a lot of people, right. by worship they mean music. The music. Yeah, uh, the worship was good, the preaching the music, stunk. Yeah. You know, the preaching was good, the worship was bad, the, as if it's separate. And, and music worship is one is part of it. Yeah. yeah, worship is everything. Music is part of it. That's right. And so the music... You the know, word worship I, means proclaim the worth of. Right. So we, yes. we proclaim the worth of Christ in music. Which we do naturally. Preaching. The question is, what are we worshiping? You know, even yeah. even even people who do not know Christ So what are you are thinking when you're, when you're picking out songs... Um, well, since we're going to, in this case, since we know that we're preaching expositionally each week and everything, I'm, I'm trying to be mindful of the text and, and, and see what themes are there and ask right. the pastor we'll what yep. themes are there, we'll talk mm-hmm. and what themes are there and try to find songs that would actually aid, like I said, to the, the time of the uh, preaching of the Word. I think it is important to think that the climax of each service is a proclamation of the Word. Yeah, and, and, that, that's, that's, so, so, and that's a good point because this, this is where churches go off the rails, I think, yeah. more and more. Um, the 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 service is around and about and and building up and heading to the preaching of God's yes. word. There's nothing yes. like on earth ever that happens that's like the preaching of the word of God because we're taking the word of God, opening it up, preaching it, exegeting it, doing all that. There's no other time ever in the week anywhere in your life yeah. where that supernatural activity mm. is happening. Yeah, and so it, it, it that's the point of church is is the preaching of God's word, yeah. and everything else is an outflow of that. Right, and because sometimes I see it as as some people think that everything that goes in a service has to be at the same climax, you mm-hmm. know, at the same level, and we have to push every other part of the liturgy up to the standards of that, to where I see everything as a, as a preparation, as going up into the climax of the prepar- and preaching of the word, and yeah. so. You know, if I think that way, I'm going to be choosing the songs that are going to be preparing people more toward uh, what they're going to be receiving mm. for the scripture and all that. And so having said that, I'm not going to pick songs that are going to say, um, 
you know, uh, that are men centered, yeah. yeah, or that will be super repetitive, and and I'm not gonna do them according to to how cool they sound or everything. I'm, I'm gonna do it according to the lyrics, right? And according to the context of the lyrics, and and then I, that will be congregational too. The people will be able to sing along and so on and so forth. Which uh, we were talking about this before. Uh, it could be a song that is three years old or a song that is 400 years old, right. which most likely, in a lot of cases, would land into being the songs that would be 200 years old. Yeah, because chances are. They were conscious of that. They mm -hmm. were conscious that mm -hmm. they, they are full of... And a lot of those songs you can see, the topic of... of, of of fall and redemption yeah. and glorification. It, it's always there, the four stanzas, uh, you see a lot of the, the initial purpose of God, the fall, the redemption, and the mm. glorification, and that's an exposition of the gospel in one song. Yeah. You know, you want to have stuff like, like that. Like, like uh, we said about uh, books of the Bible, when, someone write, when, some, when there's a song, someone wrote it. Mm, yeah. And they wrote it for a purpose and a reason. Yeah. So you, you should, as a worship leader, do the, do the research, who wrote the song, Yeah. What was the purpose of it? Or you can see it in the song, right? Yeah. So, so um, for example, it is well with my soul. Mm. You know, the author of that writes that after his family, much of his family had drowned, and when he's on a ship and he gets to a place where they had drowned, he writes this song. Mm. So, so to understand that's amazing. Yeah. You know, and and it's it's you understand John Newton, it makes it more amazing. Amazing Grace, yeah. right? So, yeah. so knowing that... It wasn't somebody sitting in a coffee house uh, trying to write like something. we are you know? in a coffee house, yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. It, it, it didn't happen. But that would be okay, too. It would that, be okay, That would be okay, too. Right. too. And, and it's just a matter of... It's the same... Music should be God-centered, not man-centered. It should lift up Christ. Mm -hmm. It should draw us to worship right. Christ. It should prepare us for the preaching of God's and Word. And just the same way that you find sermons that would be man-exalting, you know, or so, you know... And that way, there are many songs the same way, you know, yeah. worship songs that are... So I had a conversation you know, this week with somebody or a group of people. Uh, I just happened to walk into this place, and um, they found out I was a pastor. And so they said, hey, we've been talking about music. Uh, and they wanted to know what kind of music we did. And was it contemporary or hams? And I said, well, we do a mix. Um, but I, I said to them, I said, you know, all music's contemporary in its origin. Hmm. Whenever it was written, it's contemporary. And I said, why? And this person was glad to hear how we do it. Um, because she said where she goes to church, um, it's she called it Christian rock, and mm. she said it was more like a show mm. than it is worship, mm -hmm. and and so it's not a performance. Mm. And, and now you can have the best songs and still be a performance, mm. right? Mm. So you can have the best music, the best lyrics, God centered, and one of the challenges as a worship leader is to make yeah. sure it's not performance. No. And music is so personal, it can be. So so this this woman was very, in fact, probably could be visiting our church, but um, wanted her kids to know what it meant to worship mm -hmm. in music and song and not sit there and be entertained. Mm. And and that's that's a big problem. Yeah, and, and, and music is such a beautiful gift that God has given us um, that stirs the emotions. And, and, mm -hmm. But how much more significant would that be to put those emotions toward lyrics and content that will be God-exalting and that yeah. will be, you know, praising Jesus and everything else. Right. Because actually the danger of doing that is that you can go to a Coldplay concert, mm -hmm. you know, and, and feel like, you know, this euphoria and, yeah. and, and, and emotional because that's the gift of music and right. that's what produces in you. But it is meant powerful. to be fulfilled yeah. in a way that would that would get you to exalt God, and so in a lot of these services, it's no different than just going to an, any other concert right. because of that element that music brings. But and I love or using that instrument, 
Yeah. No, no pun intended. I mean, we're using that yeah, no. that channel it's in a, order to to bring it to a God, yeah, a vehicle. It's a vehicle that God's, to, that to God's, God's glory, yeah. created. And, and I love all kinds of music. I listen to all kinds of music. I, yeah. I love music and all kinds. Um, so I'm not sitting here saying you should only listen to this type of music or that type right. of music or it's got to be even whatever. But when the community of God gathers to worship, mm-hmm. I do think that's different. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I do think that that's a... There should be a reverence for the glory of God exactly. and the God-centeredness of God because that's the nature of God. Mm. And that should be, we should be wanting to sing in accord with the nature of God yeah. and, and worship in music as God would be mm. worshiping. You know, God worships himself. You know, yeah. God is out for God. And so we need to be, and, and we do, but we need to be conscious of that. Yeah. And, and it matters. Yeah. <clears throat> it matters. And, and you will see... You take man-centered music and man-centered preaching, uh, well, or whatever, topical or not, and you will have a culture in a church that's mm. different than God-centered music, God-centered preaching, right. God-centered being the, the the premium. It'll be two different cultures. Yeah. You know, and 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 I and I would say far less joy in the man-centered. Mm. It's unbiblical. And there's far less joy as opposed to a God-centered church. And that's a, I, I think that's the paradigm that people <clears throat> are struggling with because they're, you know, you subconsciously you would think, well, if I focus on myself, maybe I would get get better. But actually, that's not the case in the Christian mm-hmm. life. As the more we focus on God, yeah. you know, the more joy we get out of that. The more we glorify God, the more joy we get out of that. And so, yeah, and His presence is fullness of joy. You know, and when we gather corporately to worship, that is a special moment. And, yeah. and again, there's nothing else like it. As goofed up as the local church can be, it's the best thing on earth. Mm-hmm. You know, it's mm-hmm. the best thing on earth because there's nothing else like yeah, that ever the, the people of God gathering. And I think that's corporately. an important point. Bring the bring back the joy mm-hmm. of Sunday morning. Yeah. You know. Yeah. It's it's something that maybe us who've been in church for so many you know, since we were born or whatever and we we're brought up in our you know, in that religion sort of a background, mm-hmm. kind of forgetting. We see it as a routine, especially if you're in staff or whatever. Okay, got to wake up in the morning, mm-hmm. got to go to church again, do this thing once a week. But yeah, remembering that the, the yeah, depth I'm, of that, you know, of Sunday morning, right. the, the glory of that, the, you know, the, I'm the never saints more excited. coming together. I'm never more excited than Sunday morning. Yeah. Like waking up, knowing church is going to be coming. Uh, even when I passed up north, I hated the cold and it was 10 below zero and I could hardly walk and hated all that. But still, when you get there and yeah. people are coming in, and I'm never more excited than that. Yeah. You know, and, and that's just a foretaste you know, of what, yeah. what glory yeah. will be. Exactly. But to that point, and until then, you know, we've, we've got to be sure we are God-centered in our theology mm-hmm. and God-centered in our music, God-centered yeah. in our preaching. And, and the way you do that is you keep it in context in accord with Scripture. Because yeah. how, how do you stay God-centered? You stay in accord with Scripture. Because mm-hmm. Scripture leads you to be God-centered. Exactly. You know, scripture leads you to, to live for the glory of God and not the glory of man. So that should be preaching. That should be music. That should be everything. That's it. All right. Well, this is uh, us in Conway on the road. Who knows where we'll be next? Yeah. In fact, uh, we can come to your function, your event, your bar mitzvah, whatever it might be. We can do a podcast. Why did I say bar yeah. mitzvah? I have no idea. No idea. <laughs> Actually, if you said what word you think you'll say unusually, that would never even yeah, come that, up Yeah, that's not even on the list. So, yeah. Well, we want you to have a great week. Glorify God. And we'll see you next week on Engaging Your World. This is John Castro. All right. Keep Peace sending your questions. Rica.
And you're not. I'm not. Keep sending your questions. Yes. Let us know. We'll see you next time. See you next week. This podcast is done. We're glad you joined us. Don't forget to join us next week on Engaging Your World. Until then, check us out on SoundCloud.com Engaging Your World, Facebook.com Engaging Your World. Have a great God-glorifying week, and we'll see you next week right here for another edition of, you got it, Engaging Your World.